Welcome to the Vital Dawn podcast for Monday, March 13th. U.S. equity futures are moving very quickly, so by the time you hear this, it'll probably be different. Um, I think directionally, you've seen an enormous fade from the highs, um, and the futures indices are kind of not far from unchanged at this point. So well off the overnight highs, we did see a pretty um, substantial rally at one point, but again, fading pretty quickly. Europe is for sale. You have the major indices in Europe down over 2%. Banks are leading on the downside. The bank index in Europe is down over 4%. None of the major subgroups are in the green in Europe. Um, and then Asia was mixed overnight. You saw um, the Hang Seng rally about 2%. Shanghai Comp rallied about 1%. And then the other indices were um, pretty much in the red. So Japan finished down over a percent. India, Australia, um, both saw selling. So obviously, the big focus is on the announcement Sunday night. Um, you know, I think it's definitely better than nothing. I think there are certainly positive elements to it. So guaranteeing all deposits at Silicon Valley, along with Signature Bank, um, you know, obviously will remove a lot of potential disruption this morning, sets a precedent that now if you are a deposit holder at other banks, um, I think the assumption is that you will also be receiving, um, you know, full guarantees on those deposits. The new facility that the Fed is launching, the BTFP, um, also is is provides banks um, with kind of quasi deposit insurance, um, you know, suggesting that banks will be able to borrow against their securities portfolios at par, which is obviously a crucial component of this new facility. So banks won't have to realize the enormous losses that they're sitting on, so they can borrow against their securities facilities at par, um, and then access liquidity that way. So that gives you again kind of this. Um, quasi unlimited deposit insurance, but it is not true unlimited deposit insurance. So the FDIC has the ability unilaterally to go into an individual bank and provide guarantees um, for the full deposit base. They can make a declaration that this not doing so would provide a uh, systemic risk to the financial system, but they're unable to raise that $250,000 cap um, without an act of Congress. So um, you know, there's still, uh, like I said, it's not true deposit insurance, but it certainly is better than nothing. So I think regional bank depositors feel a lot better this morning. Regional bank shareholders, however, um, I think are are increasingly unnerved by the fact you've had three bank failures now in less than a week. Um, and they're happening pretty unexpectedly and very suddenly. So Signature Bank failing over the weekend was pretty shocking news. I know Signature has been on, um, you know, a lot of people's suspect lists as banks that are particularly vulnerable in this in this type of an environment but um you know the fact that it was able to fail so quickly along with silicon valley also which kind of again it it it, it was on everyone's suspect list um but i think people are uh, shareholders in these regional banks are very very anxious right now you're seeing all of kind of first republic pac west um western alliance these bank regional bank stocks are under enormous pressure again this morning so again, I think regional bank shareholders, uh, depositors feel better. Regional bank shareholders feel a lot worse this morning. And that type of price action where these regional banks are seeing, again, huge declines, that's weighing on futures and that's kind of unnerving sentiment. So, um, you know, some uh, unsolicited advice to certain regional banks, I think further steps need to be taken to kind of help stabilize confidence. So I think if you could get some of the large GSIB banks to use this BTFP facility, which has a huge stigma attached to it, which is one of its problems, I think any bank that does utilize it um, will kind of have a target on its back. So I think if you can get some of the GSIB banks to use it, 
to give cover to everyone else. And this this activity like this happened back in the financial crisis, um, you know, where the where the strong, stable banks used some of the um, crisis tools to again remove the stigma that was attached to them. And then I think some of these regional banks have to either make a public declaration of of prominent companies or individuals raising deposit, increasing deposit balances at the banks, or or better. Um, you know, sell stock not so much because they need capital necessarily, but just again as a as a statement of confidence um, that that there are people willing to put equity into these banks. Um, you know, as I, if I suspect that executives at all those institutions are kind of um, attempting to take further steps to demonstrate confidence to the market just after given what's happening this morning. So I think that's your big takeaway: depositors feel better. Um, Shareholders in some of these regional banks feel worse, and that's kind of what's dragging everything down this morning. You've seen an enormous repricing um, in yields across the board, in central bank tightening expectations across the board, huge gains in um, two years again, two-year treasury yields again. So you know you've had now um, again going back to the peak of last Wednesday, where you had uh, you know markets were still digesting Powell's testimony for Tuesday, which is very hawkish. That pushed yields higher. That pushed Fed tightening expectations higher. You've seen now a dramatic, abrupt reversal in all that in just the last, call it three sessions, include in, into this morning. So, two-year Treasury yields down another thirty basis points. Yields are crashing across the board in Europe. Uh, Fed tightening expectations are, um, you know, crashing in line with what you're seeing in Treasury. So, the cycle ceiling now is down to just uh, about four point nine percent. This was at five point seven percent last Wednesday. The year-end rate, year-end Fed funds rate forecast is now down to 4.56%. That is off more than or nearly 100 basis points in less than a week. Um, again, that type of price action on paper is positive for equities because you're removing a lot of the uh, valuation headwinds. But I think the abruptness, this, the, how sudden the moves are is very jarring and it's unnerving markets. Um, so the velocity of the move is very unnerving. Um, I have a lot more in the piece. I talked a lot more about kind of the implications, the details of everything that's happening in banks. I sent around a piece last night also. So there's more in uh, the Vital Dawn this morning, but those are kind of the big headlines as far as all the moving pieces today. Um, not much else other than what's happening in banks. You did have uh, some news out of China. So they kept the PBOC head in place, which was a surprising and positive decision. Um, and then you had some some remarks from the new premier in China that were um, you know relatively favorable to markets. Um, you know, but I do think there was actually a headline about how uh, Chinese President Xi could travel to Russia as soon as next week, which would be sooner than what prior reports had suggested. So there still is a lot of anxiety about if China were to provide weapons to Russia, and then the response that um, you know the risk that that could invite then sanctions from the U.S. and Europe. On the calendar for today, there's not much as far as scheduled news is concerned. Um, Biden is, is set to deliver remarks about what happened last night with banks. I think far more important will be any incremental updated remarks that you hear from either the Fed, the Treasury, or the FDIC. Um, you get the New York Fed Consumer Expectations Survey at 11 a.m. Uh, you know, this was something that people would be watching other than if 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 we were not dealing with everything in banks, you are going to get updated uh, inflation expectations um, in that survey. And then, you know, obviously tomorrow you have the, the CPI, which again, complicates the Fed's life. So 
I don't think that this situation is anywhere close to as severe as what happened back in 2007 or 8. But the Fed also is not operating with the full toolkit. So during all of their market incidents, really going back to Lehman Brothers, the Fed has had um, has benefited from an extraordinarily benign inflation backdrop, which allowed it to utilize its full toolkit. Now it's operating with um, you know at least one hand tied behind its back. So the CPI tomorrow will kind of dict will help to um, provide insight into kind of what happens at next week's meeting on the twenty second. But like I said, the market is rapidly pricing out um, not only pricing out rate hikes, it's starting to price in rate cuts happening pretty quickly. So that is everything for today, Monday, March 13th. Thank you for listening.